What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome back to another episode of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show. The wrestling show that calls it right down the middle when we're talking about pro grappling. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host here on 607TWS. I am also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot's chair like he does each and every week, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? That's right, pro grappling. And we've got some stuff to talk about. We, we're going to be down to two segments this week because, uh, let's be honest, the second half of the show, the main event of the show is going to be that AEW Full Gear preview. That's going to be the lion's share of what we're doing here. But in the first half of the show, we do have a little bit of news to talk about mm-hmm. from WWE, NWA, and also the Indie Roundup. So we have a lot of cool stuff on the show. We're not shortening down the show. No, no, no. We're just jam-packing it full and giving the proper due to a pay-per-view. From one of the major companies in the world of wrestling, technically. True. And I would like to also point out one of the most major wrestling company uh, promotions out there. Mm-hmm. It's owned by a man named Tony Khan, who some believe to be the savior of pro wrestling. And I think I think some people might be, they might be right. Some. However, I can see the, the when people disagree. That's why we call things right down the middle. But, you know, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that... TK can be an insecure man. He is definitely not just a giving God. He is also a jealous God. And uh, he gives out smitings. And with that being said, sometimes it's just nice to know that when Delta smiting from TK, that you got under his skin by just telling it right how it is and calling it right down the middle. And that is all I have to say at this time. Read into that what you will. And that will be talked about at a future rate in time. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? That Am I allowed to get away with fair. that? Am I do, I do I have to edit that out? I have to get the permission there. To my knowledge, I mean... I... Padawan Jay is going to be upset because he would like me to go further. <laughs> right. But hold on, folks. There'll be more at a later date and time. But with that being said, that doesn't mean we're not going to cover all Elite Wrestling's full gear. We're still ordering it. We're still watching it. And we're still going to preview it on the show. And once again, we're going to give you an unbiased opinion like we do each and every week, like we do with everything else. And that is the one thing we pride ourselves on. And that is one thing that I want to get over, even if I'm talking cryptic, that no matter how you look at it, we don't hate anything. Right. We love all of pro wrestling. And what we say comes from the opinions of somebody who worked in the business and has also been a lifelong fan and another lifelong fan we've said it a million times that is why we call it right down the middle our opinions and our views are our own they're not bought they're not purchased they're not for clicks and they're not for likes they are literally our opinions and if you agree with them that's fine and if you don't we will have a nice cordial conversation with you because that doesn't mean we're wrong and because you don't agree with us doesn't mean you're wrong we can both be wrong or right it doesn't matter that's what the nice thing about opinion is and i'm always willing to have those conversations Now, when you become toxic and an asshole and vile like some other people who, for some reason, still get the gates to the fucking city in some cases. Yeah. Guess what? 
that's what you deal with. And you make your bed and you lie in it. And we've seen them come and we've seen them fucking go. Facts. The one thing that you have to be honest about is that Uncle Dave and SRS and, and Wade Keller and the such have been around for a long time. So obviously, you know what? They, you know what? Yes, they make up some shit. Yes, sometimes they favor some shit. But at the end of the day, they still do a good enough job to keep at least some people around. Mm-hmm. But so that was not a shot at them if you thought it was. And uh, it wasn't. It was, it was more focused at other people. Right. The, the, the smut peddlers, if you will, of the wrestling world. So fuck them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is my opening statement, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of fucking them, how about UFC? <laughs> I, know, I know we don't talk necessarily, but we like to do sometimes when there's a big MMA event that we watch. We like to give it like a little MMA minute. I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, but I, I, I got to get to this. And I know you're going to talk about it more on the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour when you do the sports edition Available Tuesday, mm-hmm. everywhere you get great podcasts. It's not done yet. Uh, the entertainment edition is out, as you heard this. But after this uh, this comes out, you will hear uh, later Tuesday night, because this comes out Tuesday morning, you will hear the ODPH's take on all things uh, sports, including the NFL and UFC. But I do want to say, we watched the last UFC event together. Yes. And it was one hell of an event. Very Amazing exciting. card. Very exciting. I think they said the most first round finishes in the history of the UFC. Counting the prelims and pre-prelims. Yeah, it's somewhere around there, but man, it was a highlight reel after highlight reel. Man, great matches too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta see, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I like the Chandler fight. Chandler, Chandler Poirier was amazing. Dude, by the way, anytime you see a man come out of his corner in the second round and go, I'm willing to die right now. Yeah, they're so bright. And you also see that same man spit blood in the face and mouth of his opponent. Chandler's a legend. He's, he's a god amongst men. Give him he Connor. Did, he did lose that match, but hey. It's a good fight. Yes. Good damn fight between two warriors in there. Uh, the main event shocked the world. Can't take the foot off the gas one minute. Uh, Perea, man, got the knockout in the fifth round. Empty, empty out his tank on that. If, if, if he didn't knock out Izzy there, that match, that fight was over in favor of the champion. Oh, absolutely. But uh, hey, he got him. Got him. Got him. Yeah, the fallout from that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, to there's see. some stuff going down right now as we talk. Izzy was not too happy about the stoppage. Yeah. And then on top of that, I do believe he said, bring back Steve Mazzagatti because I want to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but that was really, that was, Steve Mazzagatti was mentioned by name and kill this motherfucker was also mentioned. <laughs> I paraphrased just the middle part, believe it or not. Yeah, there was some wild <laughs> commentary coming out of this. And uh, as I said that night, I'm going to say this. Uh, congratulations to the new champ. Mm-hmm. However... If he, uh, if we're going to see him and Izzy go at it again, it's got to be a quick rematch. It's got to be that's going to be the next fight because if you put him in there against any grappler, if he doesn't knock them out before they can get him to the ground, then he's done. Yeah, any grappler because that was the biggest weakness he made. Adesanya should have taken him to the mat again because when Adesanya took him to the mat in the third round, he made Adesanya look like he was the fucking next Habib. Yeah, no, it, am I it, wrong? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the the scary thing is if he has to face Robert Whitaker. Depending on what happens against uh, the fight against Paulo Costa, because Costa's leaving no matter what. I don't think he's sticking around the UFC any longer. Whitaker will absolutely destroy him on the mat. Like, it's not even going to be fun watching. I, I will say this. If you can get Costa, if, if I, I think the only way Costa stays is if you guarantee him a championship opportunity against Perea. Mm. If you say, hey, if you win this fight, whoever wins this fight gets the shot and it get, they get it next, I think you might see him stay and at least sign a small fight contract for it. Because I don't think he wants any part of Izzy again. No. But if he thinks he can become champion, and Costa is good enough on the ground, because let's be honest, he's a BJJ expert. Mm-hmm. He'll get it done too. Either oh, yeah. one of those gentlemen can beat Perea, 
And, and once again, Perea, if they he, if he gets them on their feet and he knocks them out before they can get them to the ground, that's fine. More power to him. But, but Izzy took him down with ease when he did take him down. And that's a problem because those two gentlemen can do it. There's other people in that division that can do it. And once they're on the ground, those are guys who make will make you tap. Mm-hmm. Izzy does not have the ability, in my opinion, to make somebody tap. He's not that good on the ground. Uh, he was going for strikes and, and successful with the strikes. But there was a couple different times that if he would have slid in for like the choke or even a Kimura or an arm bar, I think he could have gotten it on him if he knew more on the ground. That is Adesanya. That yeah, is. if he was more comfortable, he could have definitely pulled it off. I mean, that was the thing. I think he took him a little too lightly when he got him on the ground and didn't go for the finish. And for whatever reason, like when you get to those final minutes of the fifth round, those championship rounds, you have to go for a finish. I know a lot of times champions coast because they know they got the fight in the bag. But you never do because if an opponent is willing to unload everything, you're not going to survive it. The problem is I don't think he was even coasting. I think that he was trying to pick a spot, Adesanya that is, and the problem is he should have kind of wrestled him to the ground or grappled him up. He should have, yeah. He should have, honestly, and I know it, fucking people hate it, but he should have just tied him up and not taken, like, started to get it. So I think Adesanya did want to go for the finish, but he was being cautious to pick his spot, even though, for the most part, Perea was gassed. Mm-hmm. So he should have just come out and tried to pounce on him, and he probably could have come away with it. But then, with that being said, he could have done that in the fourth as well. Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's why I said, like, I, I thought he was coasting, but, I mean, I could see that point, too, though. It was, like, it was just one of those weird things with Adesanya and his fighting style. He tries finding the perfect spot, and he's willing to wait it out, but you can't do that against somebody that has nothing to lose and actually decides to do something about it. Listen, I know it's boring, and I know I fucking hate it when it happens, but I will say this. I will never question a champion who has the has three rounds, one already coming into the fifth, who pulls the lay and pray. Yeah. I'm not even joking. No, that is I mean, the smartest thing to do as champion. If you know for fact that you have three out of the four rounds won, so that means you won the fight. I will not judge you for laying and praying in the fifth round at all. I did not have a problem. I mean, as a fan and spectator, I want to see something exciting, but I had no problem when Usman did it in the past. Mm-hmm. I had no problem. You know, I I had a problem with the fucking GSP because he did it in the first round. That's that's a whole other ball game. Yeah, you just take it and lay Right, right, right. Uh, but with, with Adesanya, he should have laid and prayed. He had three rounds won. Mm-hmm. You, he, you could, I could have heard the argument for four rounds, but I do think Pereira won one round. I think he won the second round, I do believe. First round, I think. I think the first round though was a toss up. Too. First one was a toss up, but I think I leaned more towards Adesanya. Though. The second one was definitely Pereira. It always it always favors the champion mm-hmm. when there's a toss up too. I want to point that out in any judge's card. Yeah. So I think he had round one, even though it was a toss up. Pereira definitely had round two, and then Izzy had three and four. Three. Three. Where he dominated him, him on the ground. Yeah. He and almost, also dominated him on the ground. Yeah, he almost took him out. Of the, if he had ten more seconds in that third round, he would have ended the fight. No, the only you're thinking about the first round. Oh, first, the first round's where he there. caught him with that two piece at the end of the round, oh, okay. and he got wobbly legged, but See, they, saved third. by the bell. No, no, that was the first round. Yeah, yeah the third round was where he grappled him well, to you the know ground, he grappled them down. and then he he wrestled around with him and kept beating the shit out of him on the ground. He almost had him in a position where he could have knocked him out there too. Mm-hmm. However, he didn't get it. Once again, it's because he's not as good as on the ground. So I think if Dana and them are trying to go for the money rematch right away, he's got to get the next shot. Because yeah. if you put any grappler in there against Perea, he's been fucking, he's exposed. There's no way he's going to learn all you need to learn in grappling in the next four to six months. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Because that's I'm, that's my time frame for his next fight. It could be sooner, but four to six months, I think. So therefore, you think you can learn a lifetime worth of grappling in that time? I don't think so. Just no. throw it out there. That is our UFC talk, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to hear more, you can do that over at the ODPH. 
Tuesday night when that hits and drops. But speaking of the ODPH, how would they find the ODPH in yourself, Kenna? Very simply, you swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. You join the conversation on the social media accounts. You check out the T Public Store. You check out the Patreon link. You check out the Parley Points blog section. Definitely want to keep an eye out for that this week. And you want to also keep an eye on the classified section, which has friends of the show, such as 3FN Podcast, the directory. If it's anything and everything, it is the ODPH. You can find it at ODPHpodcast.com. And for all information about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple, 3FNpodcast.com. All our social media links are there. Also, our Patreon link is there, 3FN Podcast, or sorry, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. I'm so amped up for this show. Uh, as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. The link is right on the website. Also, our T Public link is there. Friends of the show like the ODPH is there. Musical directory, which includes our good friends, Floodlands, who do the song Ruins, which is the theme song for this show, plus many more. Support those bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And, of course, the local sponsor section is there as well, as including the main sponsor for this show, who is also the sponsor of the 8122 Production Studios. That is Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web. Web, dragonmastergames.com and if you're going to be in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events going on at the shop go ahead and like them on facebook dragon master games thank them for being the main sponsor of 607 tws and everything we do here at 3fn podcast as well well if you need uh if you forget that link for whatever reason 3fnpodcast.com Ken, I'm so excited to have start this show. I'm so excited to talk about all Elite Wrestling's full gear in the second half of the show, but I'm even more excited to talk about the Indie Roundup and such. So you know what, Ken? Check your watch, because I do believe... It's time! That's right, it's time to kick this episode of 607 TWS off, and we're going to start with some bad news. Oh, Bad news. It is being reported now that at a house show over the weekend, Kevin Owens has sustained a tear to his MCL. Mm, Not good. It is looking at a six-week rehab, by the way. So not too far of a turnaround. That's pretty quick. But that means you can rule him out for Survivor Series? War games. You almost missed that one. Let's try it again. We're leaving it in even though. So... He, he's going to miss Wolf Games. That's correct. So for all the rumors out there that he was going to be on the team that is opposing the bloodline, I guess that's throwing a wrench in that plan. Maybe that was the original plan, but such as such is going to change. But six weeks, we'll put him back before the Royal Rumble, at least. I have a feeling I know his replacement for Wolf Games. What is your guess, sir? Braun Breaker. I think that would be a good one. Yeah. I, quite honestly, I really do. It'd be a good way to bring Braun up. Yep. It'd be a good way to test him out, see if the, how the crowd reacts to the big man. I like it. I like it. For more of that talk, that's going to be next week. Yes. The Survivor Series. War Games. Is right around the corner. Well, hopefully speedy recovery to our good friend Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. I know that he's going to bust his ass to get back in there. So, like I said, at least at the time frame they're listing now, he should be back before the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So that's good news, and that's also good news because he'll be back before Mania. Unfortunately, if that was really the build for Survivor Series, threw a wrench in the plan. But with Triple H bringing a bunch of people back and not afraid to bring people up for NXT... I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, I do too. I just wish we could have gotten that Sammy Kevin Owens standoff, which I think is what they were going to go for. Well, is it possible he could just walk into the cage? Just like do something? I don't know. It depends on how bad it's torn. Mind you, we're talking about, I mean, six weeks, that means it can't be so bad that the surgery and rehab isn't going to take him out completely. So it means it's the minor surgery to put it back together because if it's the major one, it would put him out for three months. Yeah, I was going to say the major one. However, 
I don't think a week or two weeks technically after it happens is probably a smart bet. Well, no, like say, do like something backstage or something. Maybe so. have them take them out on uh, like, well, we're not watching Raw. We're, we're recording on Monday again, but we're not watching Raw right now. So maybe that's what they're going to do on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Because I think that that would be a cool way to write them off. They could probably pull that off. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because think about it. When the camera cuts back, if he's already on the ground, you don't have to see much. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, so cool. I, I, I would like if they did that at least. But... Unfortunately, no Survivor Series and getting that moment. But hold on. We'll get that moment some other time. Also, while we're at it, I mean, we're getting close to that Survivor Series time. A lot of hype there as well. And I do want to say I was called out by my stepson. Crazy Curtis called me out and he said, hey, what happened to the bloodline not being in the elimination chamber? And it was going to be Judgment Day. And I said, hey, what happened was Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, I really do think that the gearing up was OC versus Judgment Day. Still Absolutely. With some added people. I think we're bailing, getting bailed out once again by the fucking bloodline because somebody went, oh, yeah, we can't really put Dominic Mysterio in a war, in a war games situation. That's not smart for business. No, it'd be absolutely terrible. So. I could have been wrong the whole time. It was the bloodline the whole time, but I really do still think the way that that's set up and the return of, you know, the fact that they made a big deal about, you know, Gallows and Anderson returning was enough for me to go, oh, they're going to do that in the cage. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> Dominic Mysterio happened. So, hey, remember last week when we were very judgmental and we said Dominic Mysterio needs to take back back? Maybe somebody listened. Yeah. And at least they respected it enough that they kind of followed through and got rid of those plans, unlike other people. Well, that brings us to another horrible story in wrestling, but not from World Wrestling Entertainment, because we'll be talking more about them next week with our Survivor Series pregame show. No, 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 no. We're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance. Is there anything good happening over there? Absolutely fucking not. Let's bring everybody up to speed, because we've been watching this now for about a week and a half, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's, let's bring you up to speed. If you are not familiar with the NWA, that is fine, but there's some big things happening. So... About a week and a half ago, it broke that uh, Nick Aldis said he is done. As of January 1st, 2023, he will seek free agency. He is not resigning to a NWA. In response to him not resigning with the NWA, the NWA suspended him. Yes. Kind of making it look like it was a storyline. <laughs> yeah, they've been teasing that a little bit. Which, which we were all like, okay, maybe this is a story. That's why we didn't bite. Nick Aldis goes on Sam Roberts' show and says, hey, listen, this ain't a storyline which I still didn't believe at the time. Mm -hmm. So this ain't a storyline. I'm very upset about the way th certain things happen. He brought up that there was a conversation about doing another all-women's pay-per-view to which Billy Corgan shot it down, saying that, and I quote from Nick Aldis, women can't wrestle the NWA style. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like I, I don't I, know. Yeah. But of course, wrong person to say that to would be Nick Aldis, who is married to one of the most legendary female wrestlers of all time, Mickey James. Mm -hmm. Then we're told on that same podcast that there was a conversation between Mickey James and Billy Corgan that Billy Corgan didn't know that was being listened into by Nick Aldis, which is fucking hilarious, mm -hmm. considering that's her husband, yeah. where Billy Corgan out loud said, hey, uh, I, I'm having problems with your husband because, you know, as soon as I wasn't putting the belt back on him, he has no interest in doing anything. So basically putting all the blame on him. Now, mind you, at the time, I'm still like, this could still be a work. Right. Because eh, you never know. Well, then a bunch of female talent pulled themselves also from the NWA. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is elaborate work. Right. And then Nick Aldis has done other things saying this is not a work. But once again, it still could be. By the way, we're not saying it couldn't be. That's the wrestling business. That's how it works. But it's really feeling real. Then we get to Hard Times 3. Mm-hmm. 
NWA's pay-per-view from this past weekend, where the main event in a, in a classic NWA title bout for the 10 pounds of gold, the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, one of the most decorated championships in the history of wrestling, correct? Yes. You had Matt Cardona mm-hmm. going up against Tyrus. Yep. When I think NWA, I think Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Ric Flair, and Tyrus. <laughs> and now you have to lump them in together because now and your new NWA World's Champion holding the 10 pounds of gold, Tyrus. And ain't nobody happy about that shit. First of all, most people don't like him because of his way right-wing views. Politics aside, that's not really what we do here. Right. I'm just saying that's part of the reason people don't like him. The other part of the reason people don't like him is because he absolutely fucking sucks. Like, have you seen him wrestle? Remember, WWE was going to make him a badass, and he was going to be like a destroyer, and then they saw him in the ring and went, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the truth. And since then, everybody who's hired him, whether it was Impact or NWA, has realized that he is just missed potential. He's a big-ass dude that does not get it done in the ring. And, man, they showed a highlight reel, if you will, of just botch after botch after botch, including the championship match where he won the title, to the fact that the Internet is now loving the fact that, hey, you said women couldn't wrestle the NWA style. This is the NWA style, showing him just botch. This is one of the most surreal and bizarre stories I think we've ever talked about on here. (laughs) I just don't get how quickly things are just up in smoke, in my opinion, with the NWA. Like, how do you botch this to the point where you've now got all this controversy around you? And let alone, in my opinion, the booking was shock value that you wanted to try catching people off guard, almost like in in a weird sense, like when you gave Mick Foley the title and nobody was expecting it. I don't get the move. I just, I don't. And if this is supposed to like generate a, a buzz, I don't think this is the buzz that you are intending to make. Okay, I'll say this. If it's a big work with Nick Aldis and everything, and Nick Aldis is coming back and becoming champion again, et cetera, et cetera, then I'm like, okay, maybe they played the long game. Billy Corgan doubled down uh, just today, Monday when we record, and said that uh, he, he compared, for some reason, he compared uh, Murdoch... For, and I, th- I think Trevor Murdoch is a good wrestler, so I don't think I, I'm not shitting on him. Right. But he compared Murdoch versus Tyrus down the road, or even Matt Cardona from the pay per view, to Brock Lesnar and Lashley. What? Yeah, I shit you not. And he was like, yeah, see, it's just like Brock Lesnar and Lashley. All of it has place in wrestling. And it's like, first of all, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley are two of the biggest names in the business in the sport right now. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter that they're not fucking technical wrestlers. They're two big monsters. Yeah, with MMA backgrounds to match. Trevor Murdoch can go in the ring. Matt Cargona can go in the ring. Tyrus can't. That is the difference. Mm-hmm. You're took, you took a guy who's big, <laughs> and you're comparing him to monsters who can go. Yeah. I, I, it just it baffles my mind. I really hope it's a work for the NWA's sake, but there's part of me that's like, it's not. And the other part of this is the planning must have really sucked. So I, I'm saying that there's a possibility it wasn't for shock value, but it was for necessity because it does look like, I'm not saying it's set in stone, but it does look like Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green are going back to World Wrestling Entertainment. It does look that way. There's a lot of rumor and innuendo Remember, yeah. I'm going home. Chelsea more than Matt. She but said, yeah. I'm going home. And then Matt Cardona finishing up some things. Yeah, 
I'm really thinking you're going to see them return to World Wrestling Entertainment because together as a package, they went out and proved their value. Triple H likes them. I'm sure going, hey, we can now not book Zack Ryder. We can book fucking Matt Cardona. Yeah. Or if we call him Zack Ryder still, he can just be Matt Cardona, depending upon how they want to do it. Yeah, exactly. And you can put them together as a package, much like you have Scarlett and uh, Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. So you have a, di- you know, I mean, obviously Karrion Cross and Cardona are two separate people. Right. But but the pairing works because they they built that up on the indies, so the fans get it. It's an easy connection to the WWE universe. Just all depends on what you call them, the writers, or you want to call them the Cardonas. Yeah, e- either way. Yeah. So I would I would look at it like this. I'm saying as of recording now on uh, Monday, November 14th at about 8:25 p.m. That is a little big peek behind the curtain. I'm saying my feelings on Cardona and Green going back to WWE are about 70-30. 70% that they are, 30% that they are not. That is where I'm at currently as of this time. I don't know if you want to put a number on it. 75-25. Oh, so you're even higher than me. Yeah, right. no, I, no, I, well, I, I would say this. I think Chelsea Green is going to be there first. Cardona, I could see them waiting till the Rumble. I could see that too, but I could also see him being a surprise guest in Survivor Series. War Games. Not on the face side, though. No, because you could you could weak so you could just say Roman's like it's not worth me being in this match and swerve everybody and bring in fucking Cardona. That would be that would be, that would be hilarious. Yeah. I would love every minute of that. Be like I went out and got the Deathmatch King. <gasps> That's how you book it. Fuck, I, I'm a dude. If that happens, you heard it here first. Six oh seven TWS. I'm I'm calling it. That's what's gonna happen. Roman's gonna be like, nope. War Games is below me. So I had to go out with somebody, but I got a top-tier guy. As a matter of fact, he's the king of the deathmatch. Oh, my God. If he comes off of War Games, it's saying he's the deathmatch king. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that would be awesome. That would be it? amazing. Would it not be awesome? DMK all day. Wearing his, he could wear his, he could wear his uh, crown. crown. By the way, he trademarked deathmatch king. Yeah. So technically speaking, he can use it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, let's say DMK instead of MGK. That, that, that would be awesome. So if that happens, I called it. If it doesn't, it's mm. still not likely. I would say for that scenario, I would say 60-40 in favor of it not happening. But I would love if that happened because it would be a cool Roman way for Roman to get out of it. That would be amazing to do. And like I say, they could definitely try pulling that swerve in Cardona. If he comes in there, like I say, he goes over saying the deathmatch thing, saying forget MDK, it's M- <laughs> it's Cardona Day, like you know, do something kind of wild like that. That place would explode with the worst heat possible. Also, it would bail you out because if your plan was for Sammy to tap to Kevin, yeah, because I think that that would be the plan if I was reading it right. You know, so that would start the falling out of love with Sammy Zayn in the bloodline, if you mm. will. If that was your plan, now you could just back it off and go, okay, well, since we can't do that, we can hold off on that. You insert Cardona, and I'm like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying it's happened. I'm just spitballing here you insert cardona and then cardona loses the match yeah so it's like hey the bloodline didn't lose he lost yeah you could definitely spin that you sold us you were the death match king and you lost this match for us you were supposed to be through worse than this and you lost this fucking match for us yeah unless they want to do something like short notice and him and the miz team up against uh loomis and gargano and by the way is downstat then the official band of wwe because <laughs> they're cody rhodes and they're playing wrestlemania yeah cody rhodes and now. cardona if that's the case come yeah. on there you go so we got a little extra of our stuff there so yeah nwa needs to get their shit together pretty much and uh it's not looking good. We'll keep you posted as that goes on as well. As you know, we don't, we don't, I haven't watched too much NWA since they lost pretty much all their stars to AEW. Yeah, it's been an interesting road last p- couple months. 
Well, let's jump into something we do watch and we do love, and that, of course, is independent pro wrestling. And we're about to hit that indie roundup brought to you by Fight Plus. Subscribe to Fight Plus now for only $4.99 a month. You get two free fight credits a month to go towards pay-per-views, and also you get a huge library, including the entire GCW library. I know not all of the events are up, but the last four years are up, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. More being added every week, and on top, eventually it will be everything. And on top of that, other great companies like the Wrestling revolver glory pro wrestling uh black label pro aiw and so much more plus you also get slap fighting they have a slap yeah, fight championship going down that. this upcoming weekend or no december 3rd sorry not a no, couple it's, weeks it's out coming though i'm fucking watching that that's on fight plus that's all included for your 499 live events and replays for your 499 a month you can't beat that with a stick Ken M, are you ready to talk about Game Changer Wrestling to start it off? Always ready to talk about them. So going down first off on Saturday night from Summit, Illinois at the Summit Park District, uh, Game Changer Wrestling presented the Nick Gage Invitational 7, better known as the NGI. And here's what went down. In the first first round match, we had a three-way death match where Alex Colon defeated Hunter Freeman and Sawyer Wreck in 12 minutes and 28 seconds. All I'm going to say is there was a gusset plate-covered stuffed animal. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) Next first round match, Ciclope defeated Sakuda in 16 minutes and 10 seconds to advance. Another first round match where... The king of wreck shit mountain, the ratty daddy himself, Cole Radrick, defeated Miedo Extremo. To 12 minutes and 58 seconds. And then in the last first round match, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, defeated Big Effin' Joe from over in TNT in uh, England. 7 minutes and 16 seconds. We moved on over to the semifinal matches in the first of the two semifinal matches. In a regular death match, we had Alex Colon defeat Ciclope, 11 minutes and two seconds, and probably my match of the night. Yeah, that was probably the best one. Next up, in the other semifinal match, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, defeated the King of Wreck Shit Mountain, Cole Radrick, 8 minutes and 31 seconds. This was bittersweet for me because I said I was rooting for Cole Radrick, but I picked John Wayne Murdoch to mm-hmm. win. So I was like, well, I'm going to either be right on my pick and my heart breaks, or I'm going to be wrong on my pick and I'm my heart's happy. Well, I was right on, I, I was right so far on my pick. We'll get to that in a minute. But my heart broke for Cole Radrick. Uh, we then had a five-way scramble match just to give some time in between the semifinals and finals. And in that case, Jordan Oliver defeated Alec Price, Blake Christian, Jimmy Lloyd, and Nick Wayne in 10 minutes and one seconds. Talk about a fucking scramble. Time. That was a loaded scramble. And it was great. Yes. And the East Coast Ace comes out on top. And last but certainly not least, we had the finals to the Nick Gage Invitational in a double hell death match. At the end of the day, your winner of the Nick Gage Invitational in the war of the Mega Bastards, if you will, in the finals, finally getting that big win over Alex Colon, John Wayne Murdoch is your NGI 7 champion by defeating Alex Colon, who had the great rivalry, and then they had the tag team. God knows where we are now with it. How'd you feel about NGI 7 and your winner, John Wayne Murdoch, Ken M? Very solid tournament this year. I was very shocked to see John Wayne Murdoch win. Not, not unhappy about that. I mean, I think he's long overdue to get that win. And obviously going through Alex Colon to get it, like perfect storytelling. I have a weird sense this is not the last time we will see them face off. I think, will we go back to Joey Janela's spring break this year to finish a feud? 
I don't know, but this is going to be some interesting territory. But I'm super happy about the win. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, also on Saturday, we had a pro wrestling revolver show. Uh, that was called Smoke Em If You Got Em, also on Fight Plus. Uh, from the Colmay Center at Montgomery County Fairgrounds in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, this was a hell of a card, by the way. Did you see this event, Ken? No, I did not. Oh, man, I, I can't wait to tell you about it. It was great. So in the opening contest, we had a first time ever. Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Jake Chris. Seven minutes and 16 seconds. But, man, that was between the two of them and how they wrestle. There was a lot to happen in seven minutes and 16 seconds. I could imagine. I mean, Speedball Mike Bailey always puts on a top-notch performance. And Jake Chris making some moves. Next up, representing the unit, Ali Catch defeated Jessica Foreman's in 58 seconds. Of course, she cheated to win because that's the unit way. Right. Uh, next up was a match that was a surprise ever. Damian Chambers came out, young guy out of the revolver camp, saying he's getting overlooked and he thinks that he should be main event in shows like this. And that brought out Glock Anderson. That's right. Bra Arn Anderson came out with his son Brock and said, hey, you need to learn a lesson. So Brock Anderson had a match with Damian Chambers, 7 minutes and 56 seconds. Brock Anderson gets the win. Looked good in the ring, too. I wish that uh, AEW would use the kid more. I wish they would pair him with Brian Pillman Jr., that is. We, we had, okay, so the next match got six minutes and 40 seconds. And remember how I said the one match was jam-packed even in seven minutes? Yeah. This match even more jam-packed and probably my second favorite match of the night, and this is with some other great matches we're going to talk about. Six minutes and 40 seconds. Remind you, everybody says, oh, the longer the match, the better. No, 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 no. Sometimes you can pack a lot into a small amount, especially when Zachary Wentz defeated Ace Austin and Bandito. Those three men in a triple threat match. Uh, by the way, at the end of the match, big respect from Bandito to Zachary Wentz, and we even saw the rascal symbol from uh, Bandito. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Next up was a big old fucking hoss battle, and it was brutal, and, it, and I was here for it. Steve Macklin picked up the win over one call Manders, Crash Jackson, and the old Southern psychopath Mance Warner, 13 minutes and 19 seconds. And yes, they beat the piss out of each other. I could only imagine. <laughs> then we got intermission because you needed it after that match. Yeah. And we open up with another match that's never happened before until this night. Rich Swan defeated Brian Pillman Jr., 12 minutes and 54 seconds. Another banger. Banger after banger after banger on this card. I'm just throwing it out there. Next up was a tag team match. Infrared, Logan James, and Tyler Matrix defeated Team Ambition, Mike Outlaw, and Warhorse. Uh, that does not have a time on it. I It was a relatively decent match. About 10 minutes, I would assume. Okay. Then we get into the co-main event of the evening, if you will. AEW Swerve Strickland defeated Myron Reed, 13 minutes and 5 seconds. Makes sense. So the Rascals got a win with Zachary Wentz, got a loss with yep. Myron Reed, and that brings us to the main event, which was a 30-minute Iron Man dream match, first time ever, for the Pro Wrestling Revolver Remix title. Your champion, Trey Miguel of the Rascals, defending the title against the legendary Motor City Machine Gun, Alex Shelley. Mm. Of course, this match was 32 minutes and 46 seconds because we had some overtime. Right. Seven falls to six. Lots of falls, lots of hard action. This was an amazing, by the way, this is match of the night. Possibly one of my matches of the weekend. Could be the overall match of the weekend now that I think about it. And that's on some good matches. Your winner and new PWR Remix champion, Alex Shelley, wow. defeating Trey Miguel. When did I saw that coming? Man, you got to check it out on Fight Plus. Yep. I know you have the Fight Plus. Go back and watch that anytime. I promise you will be very happy with these cards. Yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. Because next up, we're also going to talk about an event that happened for two different events. 
in the same day for Black Label Pro Wrestling. It was called Slamilton, mm-hmm. part one and part two. And they were going at it from Indiana, right over the border from Illinois. <laughs> so there were some people who wrestled on that card the first night, or the first part, and the GCW show. <laughs> That's wild. Close enough together it could happen. Are you yeah. ready to hear about this uh, card? Yeah, let's talk about In it. In the opening contest of the evening, Alec Price defeated Blake Christian 10 minutes and one second. Great match to open the card. Nice. Sawyer Wreck, who would go on to be in the NGI, defeated Queen Amenta in 6 minutes and 15 seconds. Space Pirates, Sean Saber and Space Monkey defeated the East Coast Ace Jordan Oliver and the All Elite Nick Wayne 9 really? minutes and 35 seconds. Big upset there if you ask me, but... The young kids look good. And by the way, Nick fucking Gage, instead of being at his tournament when it started, was at this show with the two young kids cheering on his uh, his young homies. Very cool. And then they all went to the GCW show. Next up, we had Eric's, or no, sorry. Next up, we had Dominic Garini defeat Trick Davis, seven minutes and 33 seconds. Then we had Eric Stevens defeat Kevin Blackwood, 16 minutes and 38 seconds. This is another one of my favorites from the weekend. Eric Stevens and Kevin Blackwood tore it the fuck down. Mm. If you like real good technical wrestling, the two of these guys killed it. Next up, Daddy F.E. defeated Rohit Raju in 6 minutes and 38 seconds. And yes, it is as entertaining as this. I was going to say that is to be amazing to see. The BLP Heavyweight Championship of the World was on the line next as Calvin Tankman defeated Levi Everett to retain the title 13 minutes and 30 seconds. That wasn't all, though, Ken. Hmm. So I don't know if you knew this or not, but Billy Starks had won a tournament earlier in the year that guaranteed her a title shot whenever she wanted it. Like March, April sometime around? Yes. Well, guess what? She cashed in. Oh. And three seconds later, your new Black Label Pro Heavyweight Champion, Space Jesus, Billy Starks. Oh, let's go. Yeah. So congratulations to young Billy Starks. That's awesome. I'm becoming the new Black Label Pro Heavyweight Champion. Uh, next up, six-man tag team action. Isaiah Moore and Twist and Flip, Darren Fly and Nate Coben defeated Devin Monroe and NDS, Levi Cruz and Riley Jackson in 10 minutes and 26 seconds. Our homeboy, the big man himself, Baby Sid Joshua Bishop, destroyed Jeffrey John in two minutes and 13 seconds. (laughs) Kevin Koo defeated Eli Ism in eight minutes and 11 seconds. Percy Davis defeated Trevor Outlaw with August Matthews and Davey Bang in his corner in five minutes and 46 seconds. Somehow Percy Davis pulled that off. And in the main event of the evening, filthy Tom Lawler defeated Carlos Romo in 14 minutes and 53 seconds. Nice. But that's only part one, because a couple hours later, we got part two in the opening bout of Slamilton part two for the now for the Black Label Pro Heavyweight Championship. Billy Starks defended the title against Zoe Lucas, seven minutes and 11 seconds. So and still mm-hmm. Dan, the dad defeated Swaggle in five minutes and 53 seconds. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Hot and Dog, Matt Berengen, and Megabyte Ronnie defeated Natterday Saints, Adam Slade, and Bradley Prescott the fourth. Eight minutes and 41 seconds. By the way, the Natterday Saints, big uh, big fans of Diesels. Next up, we had Jake, Jake something defeat Masha Slamovich in 10 minutes and 49 seconds. Ooh, I, I got to catch up on that one. Filthy Tom Lawler had a, another fight on his hands, but he defeated Kevin Knight in 13 minutes and 28 seconds. Kobe Durst got a big win over Harlan Abbott in 9 minutes and 58 seconds. That that, that guy who used to be in the Dark Order, Alan Angels, was at this event, and he defeated Carlos Romo in 8 minutes and 52 seconds. Hmm. Next up, man, Black Label Pro Midwest title defense, your champion, Baby Sid, 
Joshua Bishop going up against Big Damo. 12 minutes and 49 seconds. So it wasn't a squash. But and still, Black Label Pro Midwest champion, our boy Joshua Bishop's nice. big shout out to Jay Bishop. Next up was a four-way match where Trey Lamar defeated Chase Holiday, Josh C, and Malik Delvante for in seven minutes and 14 seconds. This is uh this match was hardest hitting one of the hardest hitting matches of the weekend. And mind you, this is on a weekend with a lot of death matches. Isaiah Bronner defeated Matthew fucking Justice, six minutes and twenty-one <laughs> seconds. Trick Davis defeated Vinny Pacifico in six minutes and 28 seconds. And in your main event of the evening, Cody Lane defeated Dylan McQueen uh, by DQ in six minutes. Oh, no, sorry. That wasn't. That was the co-main event. Six minutes and 26 seconds. Because the main event, which got cut off on my uh, paper here, was for the BLP Tag Team Championships. Your champions, and they've reigned as champions for a while. Violence is forever. Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo taking on the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang. This match got 13 minutes and 16 seconds. And at the end of the day, and your new Black Black Label Pro Tag Team Champions, the Bang Bros. Sounds like a very, very solid card. Oh, it was a tremendous card. If you get a chance to check it out, Fight Plus, you can watch that replay. But we're not done with the Indie Roundup, Ken M. No, no, no. No, because Sunday, 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 Game Changer Wrestling was back on the air. I did watch this live. I did too. The Wisconsin Death Trip coming to you from La Pica Lounge Car Number 3 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here's how this went out. Nick Wayne defeated Carlos Romo in 10 minutes and 31 seconds. And then in a three-way match, Blake Christian defeated Alec Price and Jordan Oliver in 13 minutes and 23 seconds. And then after that, it was pretty much death match, death match, death match mm-hmm. on a death match weekend. Next up, in the first of the death matches, Sawyer Wreck defeated Jimmy fucking Lloyd in six minutes and four seconds. In a GCW World Tag Team title death match, your champions Los Macisos went up against Dysfunction and Eric Dillinger. This match got 8 minutes and 19 seconds and still the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions Los Macisos. Hunter Freeman got a huge win over Big F and Joe, 10 minutes and 45 seconds to the point that Big F and Joe after the match said, hey, I didn't know who the hell you were, but you've heard my respect tonight. We're going to do this shit again. That kid's got such a high upside. I agree. Next up, the man who won the NGI, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, defeated the Southern Psychopath, Mance Warner, in tw- uh, 12 minutes and 25 seconds in a tie pay oh death match. God. By the way, Mance Warner bled buckets. Yeah, this was not for the tame of heart. And in the main event of the evening, in a fucking death match, the King of Wreck Shit Mountain, Cole Raderick, defeated Sakuda in 16 minutes and 54 seconds in that match of the night. You know, I, I will be honest. This was not my favorite GCW event. Um, no. But I will say they definitely had a couple highlight moments. I agree completely. Uh, there was some highlight moments. It was a little strange of a venue. Yeah. I think they had internet issues because of the venue. Uh, but, yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Outlaw Mud Show. I agree. From a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. But with that being said, there were still some gems in there. Uh, that Sakuda versus Radrick match in the main that was event. very good. And the Taipei death match also very good. Uh, they had to stop the show a couple times to fix the mat. Like, not in the middle of a match, but in between matches. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I know. It just, like, it just was an off night. Well, GCW is back on the air this upcoming weekend as well. Uh, first of all, on Saturday... JCW Jersey Championship Wrestling is on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel for absolutely free with Series of Survival 2022, Ken M. Ooh. And uh, they've only got a few matches announced, but more coming. Uh, the matches they have announced so far, Maki Ito goes one-on-one with Janai Kai. Maki Ito oh, making a return to Game Changer go. Wrestling. Uh, here's a good one. 
Jonathan Gresham goes one-on-one with the king of wreck shit mountain, Cole Radwick. Oh, that's going to be fun. And in a classic eight-man Survivor Series matchup, the second gear crew, one called Manders, the return of A.J. Gray, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice take on the good old boys, Chris Hamrick, Doug Gilbert, John Wayne Murdoch, and Tommy Rich. How about that fucking team? (laughs) I I know you're entertained by that. Oh, my God, yes. Does that not tickle you that that is actually the fucking team? And you know what? I am not even mad about that team. That team is fucking... Dude, I am actually super excited for that match. I wish I was joking, uh, but I am actually super duper excited for that match. I genuinely love that match. Can you get better than that? No. 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 Oh, my God. All right. So that's not the only action going down because on Sunday, 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 Game Changer Wrestling returns to Providence, Rhode Island, and the FET... Uh, music hall Mm -hmm. for GCW presents aura. And uh, that is going to be at, uh, hold on. I have the time here. uh, 4 PM Eastern standard time. So, and that's on fight plus. So if you have fight plus, you get it absolutely included. And here's the matches that we know so far. First of all, uh, not announced for a match yet, but the GCW world's heavyweight champion, Nick fucking gauge will be in the building. Okay. Uh, next up, we have a four-way dance that I'm looking forward to as Tony Deppen takes on Blake Christian, takes on the returning Ninja Mac, and takes on uh, Leon, who is a member of the um, Beyond Wrestling roster. Okay. Los Macisos are defending the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships against Waves and Curls, if you remember them from the oh, yeah, first they, fight. they faced uh, B- B- um, Bussy last time. Yeah. yeah. You remember them? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, great yeah. They were good. Run? They were very good. They're getting a title match for that. Uh, and what could be his last match in Game Changer Wrestling, if what we were speculating on is true? Matt Cardona will go one-on-one with the East Coast Ace, Jordan Oliver. Big match for Jordan Oliver here. Big match for him. I definitely think he gets the dub here. All Elite Nick Wayne is also in a big match. Remember, last time they were at he got to wrestle Will Osprey. Well, there was a man that was jealous about that. It's going to get him one-on-one here, and that is the king of the Northeast, the man who is known as the Prize City OG, Alec Price. Ooh. And I'm sure he wants a little bit of retribution. That's going to be good. For the second time only in in GCW because they had to run this motherfucker back and they had to run it back on the East Coast this time. Jonathan Gresham goes one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, let's go. Remember the first time in LA? Hell yeah. We're going to see it on the East Coast now. Also, in probably my women's match of the year candidate so far without it even happening, Masha Slamovich versus Maki Ito. Oh, let's go. (laughs) Top five already. And just signed... By the way, this tweet came out 33 minutes ago. So just signed 33 minutes ago. The second gear crew, Mance Warner. This is this is the compromise. This is the people who are going to be wrestling on it. Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, and Effie will be taking on the team of Sawyer Wreck, the Dark Sheik, and the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch. Oh, some shit's getting broken that one. By the way, uh, I also got to point out this past weekend, did you see my interactions with Bright Christian about the broken chair? Yes. Stop breaking the fucking chairs. Just throwing it out there. Uh, With that being said, Game Changer Wrestling will be, like I said, JCW is going to be on uh, for free on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. Sign up. Make sure you're subscribed there. Absolutely free. You can watch all the Jersey Championship Wrestling shows from there. And uh, listen, 
the series of survival is a, their survivor series thing. They have a couple singles matches, but they're going to have a lot more eight band tag match elimination matches. It's going to be a lot of fun. They even do it the old school way where every team has a name. It's fucking great. Yeah. Can't put it over enough. If you are on IWTV on Saturday, they're also having their next to last settlement series. So settlement series seven, no matches announced as normal for that, mm-hmm. but settlement series seven will be going down. And then right after is JCW. Then on Sunday, 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 Fight Plus, and the big, the only big wrestling event on Fight Plus this weekend, unless you live in the United Kingdom or around the world where you get to watch uh, Fight for AEW, which we don't get to do here in the States, which is bullshit. Yeah. I'm calling it right there as I see it. But anyways, the only big wrestling event going down this weekend is Game Changer Wrestling. And that's Aura from the FET Music Hall in Providence, Rhode Island. And of course, them teaming up with Beyond Wrestling as they have done in the past. So this mm-hmm. is going to be fucking awesome. Great card already announced for that, and there's still more matches to come. Yes. Get Fight Plus is all I'm saying. If you want wrestling, if you're, <laughs> Best complaining, deal in town. if you're complaining about wrestling or you just love everything in wrestling, no matter where it fits in as a wrestling fan, you will find something for you on Fight Plus, and it's only $4.99 a month. Plus, you get $2 of that back. Mm-hmm. Technically, two credits is a dollar each, so that means you could use that to buy Impact pay-per-views. You could use that to buy NWA pay-per-views. You could use that if you're in other countries to buy fight or buy AEW pay-per-views. Unfortunately, not here in the states, unless you use a VPN. Yep, it is a loophole. But uh, yeah, well, that's going to do it for the opening contest. That's it's a long opening contest because we smashed everything into it. But we're going to take our first and only break. When we come back, we're going to give it the do it deserves. We are going to preview all that we know right now about AEW's full gear pay-per-view going down this Saturday. We'll talk about that and more after this break. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! It is time to rumble, it is time for the main event of this week's 607TWS. And of course, it is that time again for an all-elite wrestling pay-per-view 
going down this Saturday, Saturday, Saturday with a start time. I do believe the pre-show comes out at 7.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time, according to the release. Uh, the pro- show proper starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's coming to us live from Newark, New Jersey, which we also know as the toilet of the United States. <laughs> Sorry to anybody who lives in Newark, but they all agree with it as well. But anyways, we are going to get AEW's Full Gear 2022. One of their big four, because they only have four. Unless they're going to add more, because they said they were aggressively adding live shows. We talked about that last week, so mm-hmm. we'll see if they add more pay-per-views. But if they're going to add more pay-per-views, they're going to have to come down in that price. Yes. Because I don't know if I'm trying to do every other month at 50 or even every month at 50. Or if they get a streaming deal, they can do every month. I mean, I'm just saying, you guys got to come down a little bit in that price. I just got rid of having to pay roughly somewhere between 40 and $60 a month for GCW now that I, it's on Fight Plus for $4.99. So I'm, I'm happier to save a little bit of money, although I do like big-time wrestling shows, so we're all in. Mm-hmm. We're in on this show. Now, obviously, we are recording this, as you heard me earlier say, we're recording it on Monday, November 14th. So this is the card as of Monday, November 14th. If you're listening to this later in the week, there's a good possibility some shit has changed. With that being said... You might get an update from us on the social medias, maybe a blog, maybe even a little additional uh, content as a podcast later in the week uh, with the updated guard. However, that does not, you know, in this case, it's not depending upon us. It's outside interference without our control. So we'll decide as a good it is. But as of right now, this is the nine matches they have listed. We'll also speculate in a couple matches we think that they're going to add. And like I said, if you, we give you something later in the week, we give it to you. If not, just know that there's going to probably be more more matches added on Wednesday on Dynamite, Friday on Rampage, and probably on Saturday because they'll get it to 15 fucking matches before mm-hmm. it goes live, just like every other pay-per-view, which I wish they would just stop at 9 to 11, Yeah, uh, which is plenty because I'm going to probably be in the basement at the ODPH, uh, you know, the dungeon, if you will. Uh, we're going to probably be there until like 2 o'clock in the morning, which is later than I was there for fucking UFC this weekend. Yeah. And that's saying something because UFC is usually long-winded. And it doesn't start until 10 p.m. Yes. So I might want to think about scaling it back. It's so, just my opinion. My opinion. Yeah, my opinion. If you if you really want to take my opinions, what you have in the past, even though you don't reciprocate, you're a one-sided jealous lover, then you'll take that one. So let's dive right in. Let's talk <laughs> about some speculation first. Sure. Uh, I am speculating, and we've speculated in the past, that we're probably going to get the Ass Boys versus the FTR possibly for the Ring of Honor Tag Titles. Now, they might just hold that off until Final Battle in December, which is Ring of Honor's next pay-per-view, but I don't really see that as a marquee Ring of Honor tag team title match for a big pay-per-view, for Ring of Honor, that is. If they make that match for Ring of Honor, in my opinion, that shows you how much they really think about Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just I, I I think that they could be doing a lot more with FTR in my opinion on this. So I'd love to see him get added to the actual Swerve versus Acclaim match, but I don't think it's going to happen. And if this does, I hope it's in the opening card. To be honest with you, well, that's fine with me. I'm just saying, get FTR on a fucking yeah. AEW pay per view. So if it happens, it happens. If it's not, I'm judgmental. That's going to be something next week when we do the review of this show. Then I'm going to be judgmental about it. If, if once again FTR is not on it, and I don't want FTR in a fucking eight man tag or something. Right. I want them in a tag team match whether it's for the ring of honor titles and the ass boys which i'm not as a big of a fan of but at least they're there with those titles or whether it is for the AEW title and they make it a three-way dance either fucking way i want them on the card mm-hmm. i don't understand why they're not on the card just saying 
Other match we're speculating right now is a three-way dance of its own, and that is Wardlow versus Hobbs versus Samoa Joe for the AEW TNT Championship and maybe even the Ring of Honor Television Championship. I don't know. Maybe they'll do some weird thing where, or maybe it's just going to be Wardlow versus Hobbs and then Wardlow versus Joe at Ring of Honor's final battle. I don't know how they're going to cut this up, but some variation of those three is going to get into it on the pay-per-view. Are you expecting that as well? I'll even one-up it. Joe is winning because he's going to pin Hobbs, and Wardlow's going to have to go to final battle to go get his belt back. I like that booking right there. So that's just a speculation for us. Do you have any other speculations you would like to make for this show? We haven't announced anything for the trios tag team titles yet, have we? No, we have not. And we do have the fact that they have already let the cat out of the bag that the Elite is returning at full gear. I don't know. in a ma- They didn't say in a match, but they said they're returning. So I would guess that they would get plug and played for this trio's titles. So you're saying Death Triangle versus the Elite. Yep. At full gear. And I'm not mad about it. No, I wouldn't be mad about it either, but I just that's what I'm feeling is they've already let it out that they will be there. I figure they're going to set up something for that and we'll have an impromptu match cuz reasons. Agreed. Is there anything else you would like to add or no? Because I I think that's it. I mean, I know they're going to add more, but I'm not speculating on the tiniest of matches and that's probably where they're going. Yeah, I Nothing else is really jumping out at the moment. I think it just depends on uh, who's cleared and who's available to come back. Absolutely. So let's jump into the confirmed card, shall we? Yes. Uh, first up, we have Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry in a steel cage match. Well, this should be interesting. I think Jungle Boy is definitely one of the best in-ring workers they have on the roster. Putting them in a steel cage match, this is going to be hopefully the end of the feud for now. But I could definitely see Luchasaurus getting the win to eventually set up that match with him and Christian Cage. I'm looking at a Kanosaurus here for the victory. <laughs> uh, come on, I let's be it. honest. It's the fucking it's Kane true. music. It's true, okay? though. It's true. Jesus, let's call it what it is. So I'm looking at Kanosaurus for the win here uh, with like some outside interference from Christian Cage setting up Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Christian when Christian's able to wrestle. Uh, so I do think that that's going to happen. Also, I'd be surprised. I mean, I guess you could have Jungle Boy Jack Perry come up with this, but you'd have to if you want to make it believable, you'd have to get like a roll up after getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, because I just don't see him dominating Luchasaurus in a fucking cage. But I understand why this match is happening. I actually like this storyline, too. So hopefully they do the right thing here. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got a match that nobody asked for, but we're getting uh, the last outlaw. Jeff Jarrett is tagging with his friend Jay Lethal to take on Sting and Darby Allen in a tag team match. Yeah. <laughs> I love how I live there. We got to pause. That pause, ladies and gentlemen, tells you all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> first of all listen let's jump in here the jokes by the way from the internet about how this is tna uh 2007 fucking hilarious spot on spot on though and i i would stay away from this this is one of those situations where i I think it's cool that they brought in jeff jarrett for the office job i think it's cool if you listen to jeff jarrett as far as the wrestlers however i don't need to see him and sting in a fucking match why like i just i don't understand what they're doing here like this is just seems like a waste of time. I, Jarrett being with the company, I think will help behind the scenes. I really do. But for in ring, like is we just need to give Darby and Sting something to do. 
Well, here's the other problem that I have with this. This is like the millionth match between Jay Lethal and Darby Allen. Yeah. I, so I don't need to see Jay Lethal and Darby Allen, and I don't need the addition of Jeff Jarrett and Sting. I understand there's some name value for some people. I know the uh, Cult of Cornette will tune in because the fucking last outlaws there. Yeah, but... But do you really want the Cult of Cornette tuning in? Is that the audience one? But they're going to steal it unless they're not smart enough to operate a fucking computer. Yeah, like Which, I, trust me, there's going to be some buys there because they're not smart enough to operate a computer. That's a direct shot at the cult of Cornette. Mm. I don't fucking mix words there. But yeah, that's the only people that you could be going after. They're the only ones that want to see Sting and Jeff Jarrett in 2022. Yeah, there's just no nostalgia. Like what? I mean, I'm sorry. That is the only thing you're doing it for is nostalgia. But why? Like you have so many other people on the roster that could get the time there. If you want to put Darby and Sting in a match just to get Sting on the card. Sure. But there's better opponents that you could do against than Jeff Jarrett. FTR. Yeah, we're, we're still looking for a spot in the car for him. Them versus Sting and Darby. There's no storyline. There's no storyline either way. You just basically have Jeff Jarrett calling himself the last outlaw and Al Kabong in people. You basically have him doing what he did when he came into GCW. The only reason he's in AEW is because he's scared of fucking Effie. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. He don't want no smoke with Effie. Facts. And Effie ain't coming to AEW because <laughs> Effie says he ain't going there or WWE unless they pay him. I do believe it was an obscene. It was like $15 million. It was some crazy amount. Yeah. So there you go. So I, I just have no interest in this fucking match. It's one of those matches I'm like, heh, no interest. No, this will be live tweeting time. Well, sp- speaking of light interest, if at best, next up, and just announced this past week, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, going once again, one-on-one against Soraya, making her in-ring debut and return to the ring after, what, four-year absence? Five years? Something like that. So she finally got cleared. Yeah. She's wrestling, and we have the match at full gear. I have no problem with the spectacle of this match, by the way. Absolutely not. Because when you signed her, you should have her in a big deal match for her first match back, right? Mm -hmm. Dr. Britt Baker, great thing. However, if I have to sit through another promo between the two, I'm going to fucking not make it to Saturday. Because I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That promo on Wednesday was terrible. Terrible. Bull. And as good as Britt Baker actually was in that promo, it wasn't enough to cover up the other side. Yeah. This one, I'm just, I'm interested to see how Soraya is going to be after four years off and how she is going to be in the ring. Like I say, when she was in WWE, really solid. But where is she now? Like that's the benchmark that I'm kind of looking to see. Okay, moving forward, or are we going to see obviously some ring rust that's going to happen with everybody? But is this going to be a worthwhile match? Like, is this going to be a very solid match? Like, I'm not setting the bar that high, but I'm not setting it super low either. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'm concerned, too, because I don't want to see her get hurt. I'm concerned for the health of both competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britt Baker, since she's been in AEW, I don't know if it's the talent or just bad luck has had a tendency to get injured in matches. Yeah. Thankfully, not really knock on wood, if you can hear that. Uh, not severely, and I hope that never happens. Mm-hmm. But she has gotten injured. We've seen a busted nose. We've seen a couple other things. Yeah. So, And with somebody who hasn't wrestled in a match in at least four years, I think it's longer, it's, it's, it's a little tense. Then you on the other side, you have Soraya coming back from a terrible neck injury, worse than Edge's. Mm-hmm. Same, same situation, but worse. Yeah. And she's cleared to wrestle finally. That's cool. I believe the doctors, whatever, whatever. However, there's going to be ring rust. 
and I'm assuming she's going to want to put on a good show. So I don't know what this is going to be like. And once again, if she's rusty and it looks bad in the ring, it's just going to look bad. I would have preferred to see this as a six woman or at least a tag match. So that way her first match back, she could kind of have a break and get away from it just in case it's not going well. But I do understand the big spectacle match with Britt Baker. So it's a fucking catch-22, and I'm not blaming the booking on this. I'm just saying it's a catch-22. I would have loved to seen her have a match with Madison Rain on Friday night before, just to make sure. Because I mean, well, unfortunately, that kind of ruins the mystique of the return, right? But here's what I would say: I would, I would throw it out here. Why wouldn't you? And I understand Jamie Hader's booked later in the show. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. But this might have been a good time for Jamie Hader and Britt Baker versus Soraya and Athena, or oh, Soraya sure, 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 and, yeah, and oh, or Soraya and Tony Storm. Don't put the belt down the line. Who cares? Yeah. There would have been, actually, that would have probably been the better storyline, right? Mm-hmm. But that way, if things are going wrong or she feels overwhelmed or the ring rust is too much, you could tag the fuck out. Yeah. Now, if the ring rust is too much, if she doesn't feel comfortable or God forbid something goes wrong, she's on the hook by herself. Yeah. So there's that. And so it's, it's, it's a, but it's a catch 22 because you want it to be a spectacle. I understand that. I'm just saying. I hope everything goes well. Yes, same I here. I fully assume if everything goes to plan, Soraya wins this match. Well, she has to. There's no way she'd lose on the on the return after four years. Right. But. So I assume she wins this match. Where that leads, we'll find out. Hopefully all goes well. Also, <laughs> to make situations slightly worse, there was an article where she has been quoted as saying she doesn't want to take moves from behind. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see a wrestling match where you can only wrestle from one side. So we'll find out. She has to see it coming. Don't blame her for being nervous. No, absolutely not. But it's just something that how this is all going to mix together. It's either going to be very good or it's going to be very bad. But and I'm hoping I'm leaning. I'm like I want to wish good. Like I'm not. I'm going this with a very open mind. But there's just a lot of obstacles that are, are involved with this. That if something goes wrong, it's going to domino effect, and that's what I don't want to see. I agree. Let's jump right on over for champion versus champion <laughs> as the. AWTBS champion Jade Cargill goes up against the in quotation marks AWTBS champion Nyla Rose one on one for the AWTBS championship. Nyla all day. I hope Nyla wins. I do, too. but but I think Jade's going to pull this off because I think they want to keep her undefeated, and this will be a nice feather in her cap. Hopefully, we get a real good match here, though. Yeah, I think we will. I, I genuinely think we'll have a great match here. Next up is a four-way match for the Ring of Honor World's Championship. Your champion, the Ocho, Chris Jericho, defending the title against the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and last but certainly not least, the Spanish god, Sammy Guevara. What do you got in this match, Ken M? Yawn. I honestly, I'm not super excited about this. The whole Chris Jericho challenge and former champions, and then we're throwing Sammy Guevara in there for reasons. Like it just doesn't really add up to what they've been trying to do with the whole takedown ROH. I know that's supposed to be his backup plan, and they're going to kind of tease that you know if it comes down to it, Sammy will do the right thing and take the pin. I don't, I don't know. Like this just kind of seems like this is really thrown together in my opinion for this. I will say I, Jericho is going to retain. They'll tease the turn by Sammy Guevara, but I think Claudio's eating the pin here. Quite possibly. I would like to see Sammy win this match just because it'd be funny. Oh, it'd be hysterical, like, yeah. Like, I would like to see him, but here's how I would book it if I was booking it. The fans would melt, yeah. Ready for this? Accidentally. 
Like, so basically Jericho gives like the uh, fucking Judas effect to Claudio. Mm-hmm. Then he eats a knee from Brian. Uh, or, or he and Sammy eats a knee from Brian, but fucking Sammy falls onto Claudio and Brian rolls the wrong way. And by the time Brian gets there, there's the three count. That would be amazing. If you did that, that would be fucking hilarious. And it would be a great way to win. Like, I, I didn't want to win. It just happened. Yeah, because the internet would lose its mind. That's why I think it would be hysterical. And then there's the question of, then do you do the finger poke of doom or not? And then you can build a whole show around that. That's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't even be mad about it. Next up, we got the AEW Interim Women's Championship match. Your champion, Tony Storm, going one-on-one against Jamie Hayter in one of the matches that they've actually built up. Yeah, no, I got to admit, I'm actually excited to see this match. I think we have a new definitely locked and loaded for this, but I'm definitely thinking they did the right thing about giving this a build. I just hate the fact that it's still interim. Absolutely. I think it's weird to do interim belts. You know my feeling. I even don't like them in UFC, so it's Mm -hmm. even weirder fucking here. But yeah, uh, you know what? I would like to see a new here. Yeah. Why not? It'd be some fun shit. Next up is the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament, where the winner will receive an AEW World Championship match at Winter is Coming, which will be a few weeks after this event. Uh, Of course, we have a bracket, and this is the problem I have with this bracket, is they set up the matches really weird. Yes. So we already have one semifinal match ready to go, locked and loaded, and it will happen on Dynamite this Wednesday, and that is between Ethan Page and Bandito. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other match that's going to happen on Dynamite this Wednesday is a first-round match, a quarterfinals match, if you will, but it's first round, and that's Lance Archer versus Ricky Starks. So why are we having a quarterfinal match and a semifinal match in the same night? Then, on November 18th, the winner of Starks and Archer will go up against Brian Cage, and then it'll be either Ethan Page and Bandito versus either Archer, Starks, or Brian Cage in the finals at full gear. I just don't understand why they don't have both of the semifinal matches at Dynamite, or at the very least, one semifinal match there, one semifinal match at Rampage, but no quarterfinal match the same night you have a semifinal match. That makes no sense. Uh, just th- throwing something against the wall. Was it something that Archer was working in New Japan and wasn't over in the no. States in time? Okay, no. that, that was the only thing I could think of. Maybe it was a, like, a time, like a scheduling conflict with him. Nope. But no, it, it doesn't make any sense. No. So that's the only problem I have with it. Other than that, uh, out of the five people we have left, Ethan Page, I, I think we're going to get Ethan Page in the finals I for reasons. I think mm-hmm. he's going to make it to the finals. And then I'm thinking Ricky Starks. It would be great to see Starks get in there. Just the only thing is, I obviously, with who comes out of the main event, I don't want to see Starks there. Why not? Because I think him and MJF, I think if he loses MJF right off the gate... I think that would be a, a big setback for him because especially he's, true. he's winning the crowd over. Like, that's my thing with that. I would love to see Ricky Starks as champion. Hell, I've been screaming him and Wardlow set up a program already. Well, I would like to see the program between Ricky Starks and MJF too, but maybe it'll be too rushed in this case. So Yeah, that's the only thing I worry about. That's, yeah, that's the only thing. It's gonna but my be call rushed. is going to be Ethan Page and Ricky Starks in the finals, and then it depends on where they want to go. I'd love that, yeah. It'll be weird. You could have... Uh, it, it would be weird, though, if you have Page win because... Then if MJF wins, then he takes the dive, especially if the firm ends up helping MJF. Yeah, like you're you're gonna burn a tournament for that reason, or we're kind of weird. Yeah. Well, we got two matches left on the announced match card, and next up is the for the All Elite Wrestling World Tag Team Championships. Your champions, the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, of course, with Billy Gunn in their corner or Daddy Ass. Mm -hmm. 
taking on the former AEW World Tag Team Champions, Swerve in Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. This is the third match between these two teams. Obviously, they wrestled at the last pay-per-view, which would have been all out. Then they wrestled at Grand Slam, where the title change happened, and now they're wrestling at the next. So three big events in a row. I kind of have a problem with that. I do, too. And I, once again, I like both these teams. I think this is going to be a great match. I think this is possibly the match of the night. Possibly. It could make the match of the night. They've had two bangers already. So I'm expecting another banger. I thought the first match was the best. Grand Slam wasn't bad. There was a bo- look. They, they should have ended at the logical end point, and they didn't, but it still was great. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be another great match. However, right now, you're going three of your big events in a row. So your last three big events, yeah. in theory, were... All out, Grand Slam, and now full gear. And we're getting the same match at all three. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. I'm just saying, I don't know. Should I not have a problem with it? No, you should have a problem with it because it's literally cut, paste, repeat. And when you are doing a blow-off feud match, maybe do it with a ladder. Maybe add something to it. Because this is the most predictable match for me because I'm already going to tell you how this goes down. Okay. Acclaimed wins outright because Swerve turns on Keith Lee. So during the match, this uh this this whole thing that's been going on between the two men is going to continue on you're saying and then at some point Swerve's going to be like fuck it and walk out. Yep. Well, before he'll probably hit Lee with something that will He'll hit him and walk and they'll set up a feud between those two. I've been saying this for a while. This is the, they've already basically telegraphed it a little bit, and that's what I don't like about it. Or they could pull the swerve, ha, see what I did there, and have Keith Lee walk out on swerve as a face. Swerve cheats. Keith Lee's like, I'm not about that life, and leaves him. Could happen. Too. It's a weird. It's a weirder turn, but I I'm agreeing with you. I think that's what's going to happen. And at this point in juncture, I'm just like, but why? Why this match again? Once again, FTR is not booked on this card. Mm-hmm. They now hold three tag team titles. The world wants to see FTR wrestle for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. I don't understand why they're not. I don't know if it's because they're, they didn't sign re-ups on their contracts. I don't Because I don't know their contract status. I don't know if their contracts are coming up soon. I don't know if, you know, there's some fucking reason or if it's just that Tony doesn't like them. I don't know what the reason is, but FTR has not been featured heavily on Dynamite despite being the best tag team in the world in most people's minds. And they have not been featured in the AEW title picture where they've been technically number one contender since April of 2022. It doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I talked about this a while ago on Blogs Gone Anywhere, too. You have the most decorated team in the scene right now for 2022. Is there more of a decorated team than FTR? No. So why are you not featuring them in a title picture, let alone you could put them in a three-way dance here? Like, let's say they crash the party. Like, I think that would make the most sense and just throw something different to this match because we've already seen it. It's a great match, but there's something about adding a different factor to give it a different feel. We've already had this go down before. Where are we going to have again? Billy Gunn gets involved and goes after the swerve and Keith Lee has to get intervened and then he gets kicked out of the match or something. Like, it's already playing itself. But the fact that FTR could be added to this and just throw something different into this. Fans are not going to be pissed off about this. You know, I don't like to be the guy, but it wasn't that long ago that people kept bitching that WWE was rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. How many times can we see the same matches over and over again? This is what's happening right here. Yeah. Three of your your three last big events, two pay-per-views and your big event in Grand Slam, and we're getting the same tag team title match. 
I'm sorry. It will be a great match. They're great teams. The Acclaimed are one of the most over teams slash things in wrestling. No problem with the Acclaimed. I love Swerving Your Glory because I think both of those guys are uber fucking talented and have said it for a long, long time. However, three times in a row is on major fucking events is pretty rough. Oh, yeah, because it's literally the same every time. And it's not like they're, like you said, it's not like they're, unless they do it in the next few days, because they have a they have a dynamite, a rampage, and then any time in between, unless they add a fucking stipulation like a ladder or uh, tables or something to this match, it's kind of just rinse and repeat from the other two. Yeah. And like I say, I, I want to be excited about this match. I really do, but I'm sorry. I don't. The fact that we're having the same old stuff with this feud. I'm going to ask the hard-hitting question because we caught it right down the middle. With the way things have been going, with the fact that I've looked at Keith Lee a little lately and he looks like he's fucking checked the fuck out, that's just a personal opinion. I know you have the same opinion. Do you think he's counting down the days before he can join his wife? Yes. My opinion, yes. Do you think he's regretting his decisions in life? I will say this. I think that he's definitely just checked out of where he is right now. If they want to do something with him, I think, you know what? Move him to Ring of Honor if you're going to run that as a separate brand. I think it might light a spark under him. But I don't. I would say originally no, but I think now you, you're kind of seeing that when you come in with AEW, you have the big splash the first couple of weeks, and then you fade away. I will also say this. if When they split up Swerve in Your Glory, which I'm with you, I'm totally expecting that to happen at the pay-per-view. Once again, if you don't add a stipulation and then the, and then the breakup doesn't happen, that's another big mistake. Oh, my God, yeah. Then it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Even worse, if there's a title change, what the fuck are we doing here? We're moving the belts off of the hottest, the hottest gimmick-wise tag team in the business to go backwards? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, if you're moving them off of them to FTR, perfect sense. If you're moving it off to go backwards, that makes no sense, especially since the acclaimed is selling all the merchandise, mm-hmm. right? So I just don't understand where the possi- the possibilities. Literally, acclaimed has to win. So if acclaimed has to win, and you're going to give us the same match you've given us two other times, we need something different, whether it's a gimmick or whether it's that turn, and that you have to deliver. You have to deliver. If you don't, it's a big mistake. So I'm assuming they're going to deliver the swerve turn or Keith Lee walking out of him, however it works. And that's going to set up a program between Swerve and Keith. I would like from there, I would like to see Keith Lee start entering in that world title mm-hmm. slash TNT title picture or have him enter into the world title picture and Swerve enter into the TNT title picture. Or how about an idea you had a long time ago that I think would be perfect for AEW, especially with the roster, a light heavyweight championship. Facts. Or, you know, you want to call it the junior, whatever you want whatever to call Whatever you want to define it, If you yes. want to do it as New Japan does, whatever you want to call it. I think that that would be a great idea here. So you'd have a separation. Copy New Japan like you've done in the past. That's fine. I'm not even shitting on it. Mm-hmm. I think that would be perfect because they have a talented roster of young men who could deal with a real secondary belt. Because, yes, I, I will say it to the day I die. The TNT title is a secondary belt. They'd say it's not. I don't understand how that even could work. But... You could use a real secondary workman's title, and a junior heavyweight title would be that. Because just like in New Japan, you go after that, and then if you want, you can declare yourself a heavyweight. I think that's the perfect way to get these mid-card, smaller, athletic guys who I love watching in the ring, no bullshit, Mm -hmm. into having something to do. That's where a a guy, like, even if you want to, like, I I agree with you, slow down Ricky Starks a little bit, perfect division, perfect first champion. And he could feud with Swerve Strickland. And he could oh, feud with... Watch the money come oh, in. Oh, yeah. You can feud with Swerve Strickland. You can feud with Sammy Guevara. You can feud... It's the fucking possibilities are endless. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it writes itself. 
But instead, we're probably going to get some kind of other gimmick title like they did with the six-man before we get a title that they could actually use. They're going to have the 24-7 title. I, I'm fucking, I'm calling it now. Oh. It's going to be dug out of the trash. It's probably the same belt. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm getting irritated on this. I'm Like I said, I'm sure this is going to be a really good match. Mark my words, I think this could be match of the night. And the only match I think could be better than this on this card is the main event we're about to talk about. But with that being said, I've already seen this match twice in the last two big events. I need something more. Mm-hmm. So give me fucking a gimmick or the breakup better be damn good. Yeah, give me something. Make it worth my while. Speaking of the main event... For the All Elite Wrestling World Championship, and this is the Casino Ladder Poker Chip Cash-In. Your champion, the ace of All Elite Wrestling, John Moxley, goes one-on-one with the devil himself, MJF. I know we're going to want to talk about this one. I want to say this up front, though, but when we get into this, this feud started off so fucking hot Mm -hmm. to the point that I came on this show and said, man, I've never been more excited for an AEW pay-per-view. And honestly... This thing has cooled off a lot. One of their big mistakes in the draw to this show, I I don't care where you are, and if you disagree with me, let me know. That's fine. We can have a good conversation about it. I really feel like just like a lot of their pay-per-views, they have fucking dropped the ball on the build to this pay-per-view. And this match started off about a month ago, give or take, a little extra, maybe five weeks. They had this match, and it was at like the... I Remember, I came on this yeah. show and said, man, I have never been more excited. We're over a month away, and I'm so excited for fucking Full Gear. And in that time frame, they have fucking dumped ice water on it. It was like molten fucking metal, and they dumped ice water off on this shit and cooled it right off. That's my opinion. Am I wrong? Am I right? What are your thoughts on the build to this match? They iced it. They completely iced it. The fact that you had the firm... I think the moment we can even say, too, the, the moment you had the firm turn... And they tried doing the repeat of the CM Punk angle where MJF teased the face thing and you had the firm take him out. And then you kept him off TV next the following week to try selling the injury. I think right there is where everything iced over. I think the fact that you went back to the well and you tried teasing the fans again, because let's face it, if MJF is calling himself the devil, what's the devil's greatest trick to prove that he never existed? And sure enough, that's what you're trying to do with this angle yet again. You already did this with CM Punk. So now the fact that you're doing this here, you took him off the TV, which he has been must-watch TV, even when he's been the pseudo-face. You should have ran that video promo that you did at the uh, podcast that week, that following week. You sell the injuries. He doesn't need to be there, but he's on TV. He's still carrying that feud. The fact you took him off really cooled everything down so now you're two shows out is there going to be enough time to reestablish this and hopefully i'm and i'm really hoping they don't do this is if mjf comes out on dynamite or rampage because you know it's a live rampage on friday and he goes back to being a heel right before the show yeah i think that would be a too flippity floppity yeah i don't like that at all but yeah, I think they've cooled it down. I hope that it... Uh, I still think the match is going to be great. Don't oh, it's going to be a great match, yes. However, I just think that they cooled this story, and I fucking hate that because it was burning fucking white hot, man. This was like fucking next level great shit, probably the most talked about match in the history of AEW at one point, and I feel like even now with the internet, it's kind of died down. Here's what I'm calling, man. Here's what I'm calling, and feel free, Jacksonville, to steal this if this wasn't your idea because I saw some seeds planted and I think that those seeds could come to be sowed and harvest. And 
I, I don't know if it was intentional. If it was, kudos to the great booking job for whoever came up with it. And the fact that I saw the seeds is pretty kind of interesting. However, if it wasn't, there are some seeds that were sowed that you can completely steal this idea, and I will be fucking 100% happy with it. I think, of course, we're going to have Ann New. Mm. MJF will become your AEW World's Heavyweight Champion. That is the right thing to do no matter how you look at it. However, I am starting to believe that the devil is not MJF. I am starting to believe that the real devil is William Regal. Mm. And I think that the devil is going to show that he exists at the pay-per-view. He is going to turn on John Moxley and side with MJF because MJF needs that guidance in his shoulder. Not the mouthpiece. Just the guidance to take him to the next. So he, you know, the whole story was built originally off of him trying to prove to William Regal that he was fucking good, right? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? He proved to William Regal he's good. William Regal's lying that he's not proved it. And now it's like, come sit under my tutelage and learn how to truly be evil. Then people go, what about the... Uh, the uh, BCC. BCC. Simple. It's already done. Think about it. Claudio, nobody, Brian Danielson has already outcasted himself, mm -hmm. right? As far as storyline goes. Yeah. Him and Claudio are going to fight at the pay-per-view in that four-way. They're not going to be a team. That's going to be one of the things that happens there. Probably a pull apart. Wheeler Yuta's fed up with their shit. And then you turn on John Moxley. So William Regal's gone. The head of the stake is gone. So it'll just fade away, which is fine. Because John Moxley will probably finally get a vacation for a few weeks, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Since he's kept putting it off, right? Mm -hmm. And then we can go from there. And we get some really interesting matches because we get a Claudio, Brian Danielson feud. And then you can have Wheeler Yuta. Once again, another guy that would uh, go up for a junior title, right? Yep. Another guy there, but he's he's got all the potential in the world. So you can feature him against other guys. And you don't need the BCC. And it would be a really good pairing, in my opinion, with Regal and MJF. And I don't think anybody's thinking of it, really. And there has been slight seeds planted that that could be the case. However, however, a lot of people have missed over them. I just saw some seeds that I'm like, oh, if you take this little undercurrent, and if that's what they were doing from the jump, I'll give them all the fucking kudos in the world. Right. That's why I'm saying there's enough little seeds for me and some other people who might have caught them to go, oh, this would make perfect fucking sense. Because once again, it goes with the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing the world he didn't exist. William Regal convinced the world he didn't exist. He's So MJF, not the devil. Regal's the devil. Regal's orchestrated all of it. All the MJF stuff you find out was orchestrated by William Regal. It would be impeccable and It'd great. It'd be brilliant. It definitely would. Next fucking level. So if they do that, my hat is fucking off and this fucking good job. Kudos. Whether they were intending on it or they heard me or somebody else and decided to change it, I don't care how I get it. I just think that's, what's your opinion on the match? What are you thinking? I'd love to see the Regal angle. I, I would. That'd make a hell of a lot better storyline going into this. MJF is winning regardless. If Moxley wins, I don't know where you're going with him. Otherwise... In my opinion, I think MJF is officially checked out. Not that we, we didn't already think that, but I think he'll be counting down the days till 2024 if he doesn't win the title here. This is a chance for him to really go, and if you want to set a course for your company moving forward to, uh, was it, Revolution? Uh, it should be Revolution, yeah. yes. This is the time to do it. If you really want to spark a lot of conversation, you got to have MJF be the MJF we know, the one ripping towns to shreds on the mic. And if you pair him with Regal, that would help a lot. I don't want to see this whole rehash of the whole thing where the firm was a fake. And now he's back with a faction. And then if anybody wants to try fighting him, they got to go through the entire faction again. I think that's already been played out. 
Give me something new. Him and Regal just fighting the world. Sold. And then you got a lot of storylines to go with. BCC has already played its course. I mean, most of the factions in AEW have really not caught fire lately. Agreed. So this is a perfect time. If you're going to hit the reset button, do it. And especially if you're going to be doing something with Ring of Honor, you can start sending some people that way and really build that up. But now is MJF's time, so he's got to win the belt. I love Rich's idea, so let's say we go with that. I'm just fearing they're going to do something like the firm completely beats the heck out of Moxley, takes out the BCC out back. It's all been a swerve setup since the beginning, and MJF is sitting there saying, I did all of this. I did this. That's probably what they're going to do, by the way, and we're just going to be upset with it. At least MJF will be champion either yeah. way. But I'm telling you, better fucking story. Let's do it. Let's go. Change course if you already haven't done that. I'm just saying, even though it's never reciprocated, I'm giving you gems once again. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of our AEW Full Gear preview. Of course, it goes down once again on, if you're in the States, BR Live or regular pay-per-view. I suggest regular pay-per-view because BR Live fucking sucks. Almost as bad as ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So you, you you might want to go with regular cable if you can. If you can't and you have to go with BR Live, I fucking salute you. But there hasn't been a uh, event where there hasn't been multiple problems with BR Live. We know this because just go on Twitter anytime there's an AEW pay-per-view. It's never good. Just the same as ESPN+. Plus. So, yeah, you know, you're in good company. Yeah. Uh, or if you're international, you lucky bastards, you get to watch it on Fight TV. So, sons of bitches. I hope we get something over you guys. Because this sucks. But, uh, yeah, we will be watching it on traditional cable pay-per-view mm-hmm. this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. for the buy-in, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the main card. And it'll probably go until about 1 o'clock in the morning. Let's be honest. That seems to be a running thing for AEW. I'm expecting at least four more matches announced, if not more. Well, I was going to say, Hook hasn't been announced, has he? No, no. But they're, they're doing some matches on uh, Rampage, too. There's one that I'm really uh, interested in, Takashita. And Akiyama oh, versus uh, Ortiz and Kingston. I'm really interested in that, but I, I'm a big Japanese wrestling mark, so that's why. And Akiyama is a fucking legend. So that's a pretty cool get. I don't know how that works out with the New Japan deal because neither Akiyama or Takashita works for New Japan or any of their subsidiaries. But anyways, <laughs> eh, that, I'll, let them, I'll let them figure that out down the road. But anyways, I, I that's going to do it for our re- preview of the show. Next week, we'll give you our full review of the show because we are watching and also it is that time once again just like last week for me to kindly remind everybody if you are in all elite wrestling actually if you're anybody you should pay for it okay mm-hmm. you're gonna watch something you should pay for it. however especially if you're an all elite wrestling fan if you tell people that you bleed the black gold and white if you tell people every week how fucking wwe's in the mud if you are the people out there just talking the most smack on the internet if you've got all elite in your name or elite or anything if you are an AEW fan you better purchase this and not steal it because that is a problem every time and that's just kind of a problem. If you're a fan, put your money. And I know $50 is steep. I get it. But you can't say, oh, I'm a fan of this and steal it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. And I know somebody will be like, yeah, I can. I do it all the time. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, guys. You can't be a, then shut the fuck up on the internet about it. Facts. And no, we do not have a link. We bought it on pay-per-view. Just letting you know ahead of time. Buy the fucking pay-per-view if you are supporting something. And the weirdest thing to me is I said this last week. I see motherfuckers in AEW hoodies and AEW coats Mm -hmm. and AEW t-shirts that they bought from shopaew.com. 
And then those same people I know for a fact steal the pay-per-view every time. Yep. If you can afford a $50, $60 coat, whatever they're charging for those fucking Letterman coats, they're 55 Yeah, then you can afford the pay-per-view. Don't buy the coat, buy the pay-per-view. Because there's four of them in a year. That's $200 you're donating to the cause instead of the fucking wearing it. Damn. I don't know why I have to say this every time, but we do. And I shouldn't even give a shit. As a matter of fact, I should steal it, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I'm a man of my word and convictions. Damn. And I'm a lot more honest than the fucking charlatans out there. Son of a bitch. And that's why we call it right down the minicles, because we hold people accountable and we give nothing but our opinions. I do think the AEW full gear and closing is going to be a very good event, or it should be on paper. A lot of it's like, why the fuck is this happening? But in, with that being said, there's only a few matches that I'm like, oh, I don't want to see that. There's a few that are snooze fest. Not gonna but lie. outside of that, the majority of the card still looking pretty damn solid. And if they add a couple matches that we're, we're talking about, even more solid. Yeah, I was going to say hooks should be added. And I'm expecting Orange Cassidy, who's been very well, that's eventually going to be coming on a blog account anywhere. Well, maybe. Maybe. That's all we need to say about that yeah. right now. With that being said, though, Ken M, tell these fine folks one more time how to find you and the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. I'll keep it very short and keep it very sweet for anything and everything that is the ODPH, ODPHpodcast.com. And if you want the social links for the 3FN, if you want any information, whether it's Patreon, T Public, the uh, directory, Friends of the Show part, or even the local sponsors like Dragon Master Games. Remember, Magic the Gathering in gaming needs, DragonMasterGames.com. You can do that anywhere. And they support 607TWS as our main sponsor and as a sponsor for everything. The 3FN Podcast, 607 Podcast, 8122 Productions does. Then all you need to go for all those links and more, 3FNPodcast.com. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's 607 TWS. Next week, we will be back to review full gear and talk wrestling news, including we'll also get that indie roundup and talk about uh, JCW series of survival and GCW's aura pay-per-view coming down this also coming up this weekend. But until then, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later wrestling
looking towards me A smile I see Connect from the top ropes One, 